This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. The Wednesday Week is sponsored by Michael Constantine Wealth Management. We bet you can't find a financial advisor closer to Hillsborough. Right, good evening everybody and a very warm welcome to the Wednesday Week. It could also be the morning, it could also be the afternoon, who knows. My name is Vic and joining me tonight I've got Ben, I've got Simon and I've got Stevie Spence. Evening chaps. Hello. 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 So it's been quite a nice week, hasn't it? I think I'm surprised we've not had everyone clamouring to get on this week. Normally, when we've been shy, nobody wants to record. There's only Ben turns up. <laughs> and then now, now we're playing well, Ash can't be bothered. So something. Right. Let's go back to Charlton. Um, Simon. Yes. Bias. I know you've been harping on about him today. I thought I'd hand this one over to you. Obviously, he's got another goal. Oh, he is absolute class um we were sat in a bar in lanzarote and watched it um and it, he was well to be honest the whole team were class from start to finish i thought um charlton were we drew with them at the start of the season i think i seem to remember they're one of the teams that were um put to to get promotion this season i think there was some heavy investment in the side and they didn't even trouble us. They, they didn't trouble us. It was it was a, a walk in a very muddy, sandy park. <laughs> um, but no, and George Byers, every match he gets better and better and better. Um, I would never wish an injury upon anybody, but the injury to Fizz resulted in him coming to the side. And we've got a midfield now of, of him, Bannon Luongo, which... I mean, they've I kind say, of swapped places in the treatment room, haven't they, him and Fizz, yeah, really? Yeah. And I would say that we've got a midfield now that is that can play in the championship, let alone League One. Um, a great goal, fantastic, well taken goal. Um, assist, I think, was from Bannon. I think was the ball in from Probably. Bannon. Um, great goal, great header, um, lovely place. Said he knew where he was going, didn't he? And yeah. and and he basically controlled him and, and Luongo uh, uh, do the, the do the dirty stuff. Although he's got a pass in him as well. He has got a really good pass on him as well. And then they let Bannon then, which is nice to see. And I know we've been talking about Barry today, and I'm sure we'll talk about Barry later on the podcast. 
it allows him to get further forward, which is something we've moaned about all season is the fact he plays too deep. He's been playing too deep and he did that last season as well, trying to search and look for that ball. And, um, you know, Byers and Luongo allow him now to get further forward. And that's why we're now seeing the Barry Bannon that we were hoping to see at the start of the season. Yeah, I think as well, I think with Bannon, it's a confidence thing and not confidence in himself, because I think he'd be the first person to say he has probably too much confidence a lot of the time. But I think it's confidence in the people around him. And if he feels like he has that opportunity to run forward, if you look before, he was constantly trying to pick up where things were going wrong at the back. And especially when Peacock Farrell was in a bit of a bad run, uh, it all kind of, I think Bannon takes a lot of it personally as well, doesn't he? And he's, I mean, he said himself that this club is his home now and he's, you know, his fiance and his daughter live and breathe Wednesday. They've moved here now. I think he's bought Fletcher's house. Isn't that right? Um, ben, two in two for Mr. Patterson. What do you mm. think about that? Three and three. Well, yeah, but we've not got there yet. That was last night. <laughs> two and two, then. Uh, two and two for now until we I'm, move on. I've stuck by him all the way through, really, and rightly or wrongly. Um, he's not really a goal scorer, albeit he has chipped in. Um, but they're all goals where he, he's putting his head where a lot of people won't put the foot or... We'll get on to last night, but barreling through a centre half and then pointing it back at net. Absolute um, shit out, basically, to coin a Dan Fudge phrase. But he, he's brilliant at it, and his value for for money to actually watch, no matter how te- technically gifted as such, but the even comedy value of him and against Charlton, I think the ball had. Uh, McGilvery picked ball up Charlton goalkeeper and then about five it must have been a good three seconds later Patterson just kept running and barged into him just because he wanted to and there was that video from last night where Patterson got booked um, <laughs> I, <just laughs> told him that. I was just typing in my notes to mention that tackle <laughs> just literally ankle grabbed him and that he's, was it flat he, out he's been brilliant since coming back into the side with, um, at half time against Doncaster and we, we've said we'll miss Gregory and, and Windass, and we have, but he's, he's filled in quite admirably for me. Yeah, and I think um, it's, he seems to be getting faster in the last couple of games. He seems to be, unless he's just been able to run a bit more and he's got that freedom, but I've seen him move a lot faster than what I seem to remember he, he did before. Um, obviously, he still looks like he's 87 and he's like pottering along, but what a guy. I love him. Uh, so, Steve, got to mention Magic Johnson. What a man. That ball through was just electric. That was, I mean, there's been a few now, but the ball for the goal uh, for, is it Bannon's goal? Am I going mad? It was Bannon, wasn't it? On Saturday, was it Patterson's goal? Patterson. Was it Patterson's? Yeah, of course it was Patterson's goal. Yeah, so that ball through was just like so cleanly picked. And I think we're seeing more and more of that from Johnson, aren't we? Um, I think it's... Do you know what? His, his delivery just gets better and better. I think the angles that you find as you watch him throughout different vari- uh, iterations or, or, or um, situations within the game, you can see that the ball will be played over the top. And I think it plays a lot to the fact that we change the style of play that we, we, we've sort of tried to employ. Um, and I think that their noises that have come out of the club, um, certainly since we've gone on this run, that people are now saying they feel a little bit more comfortable and confident in terms of the way that, that, that we're playing. We've gone from playing those 
tippy-tappy, ticky-tack of sort of we're going to play the five yards and try and play our way through teams and get right into the sort of the six-yard box um, and, and, and sort of try and pass the ball into the goal to, to very much so. And I've seen the difference in it going much more direct. And I think it's probably a coincidence that we've now got these settled wing-backs. Um, one of the things that I would say over the, the, the last sort of four or five games is uh, the, the revelation of a player for us was uh, Mendes Lang. And it's a testament to Jack Hunt and to a lesser extent Johnson, because Johnson would have played anyway, that we're not really talking about him being a big miss. And I think he was the player when he came in and went on that sort of two, three match run. Um, to, to, to go back to Johnson, the balls that we play that go a little bit more direct, we seem to be running into corners. And he just seems to have a knack of being able to whip his foot he around. He can literally get it on the line, can't he? Like, it'll go right on the line and he'll still get it in like a six-yard From any angle. And it's one of those things where you kind of go, we've overhit that. All right, we're going to go recycle the ball. And there's almost an expectation in the crowd or uh, amongst us, us fans that the ball's going to go dead and he just seems to be able to retrieve it. And I think that's that, that's it's a phenomenal gift and it's an absolute asset to us. Um it's not just that that, that that he's bringing to the game, though. I think um, he's, he's recovering, he's sort of his recovery play. He's, he's playing a position that Corbinu, remember him, was playing much more, uh, was playing early in, in, in the season. Uh, Johnson seems to be able to get up and down. There seems to be a faith from Moore and a faith from the back line that we can trust Johnson to play as an actual left wing back. Um, he can drop in a little bit when he needs to, and he's a lot more expansive when we go forward. Maybe not as flashy in terms of the lollipops and the the, the, the the things that he does with the ball at his feet but in terms of his technique the 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 way that he plays he can pick a pass um he can he can maintain an uphold possession for us um there was a strike we, he scored the goal last night but there was another strike on Saturday it was very very similar that wasn't a million miles away I think it actually went out for a corner mm -hmm. um Marvin Johnson has been an absolute revelation in the last two months and you know it, it's fantastic to see I found interesting with him um I agree with all of that that you just said but also the fact that I don't know the right way to phrase this because I don't mean it like how it's probably going to sound but he, he goes through a game being relatively quiet in a sense that is a defender like he doesn't seem to give away fouls he's not getting booked every week he's you know he's not getting into fights he's just doing the right thing but referees aren't keeping an eye on him. There's no like, do you know what I mean? Sometimes you might get a player in that sort of position who ends up getting booked every week or is constantly giving away fouls or whatever, but he just seems to just get on with his job. I think that's, uh, you're absolutely right. I think the, the thing that I noticed, and I know we're talking Charlton, but last night there was there were passages oh, of... Oh, honestly, chronological order. I know, but... To the, the the point being, because it, it it happens throughout the different games that we, you know that he's been involved in, he's an outlet, and what I mean by that is he'll go and he'll you know if the if the game's being played down the right hand side, he's the person that you can get the ball out to on the other side. He's a person that can move the ball forwards to, or, or go and stand ten yards further forwards. Um, he's a person that you know when when we've got our set plays, and I'm sure we'll talk about set pieces at some point in the next sort of half hour or so. I find it interesting that he was the player latterly um, or previously that was, was left on the halfway line because I think with a, a, a player of his technique to be the last defender um, would be the, the, the sort of coming into the squad of Story, uh, Gibson um, and Hutch coming back in. Um, that sort of moved Palmer back a little bit towards the halfway line and now um, Johnson locks out. You know, he locks out the edge of the area, which I think is probably the right position for him or Bannon, depending on who takes corners. 
which is another thing. But um, no, I, I, I think he's been absolutely fantastic. And playing that outlet position allows him to, to, to be a go-to guy. But to your point, that means that he is going to sort of not drift in and out of games, but there'll be times where he is quite quiet and keeps himself to himself almost. Yeah. Um, you watch his positioning during the game. You, he, he's always an outlet. He might not necessarily get the ball, but if you watch where he positions himself when we're attacking, so if we're attacking down the right-hand wing, there's always the opportunity to give it to him on the left. Yeah. And 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 it, and you sometimes uh, we 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 obviously sit up high in the grandstand, and you're looking down, and, you, and you're thinking he's cry. This is crying for a pass to Johnson here. It's crying for a pass because he seems to find himself space. Yeah. And like Steve says, I think that's down to the fact that. He, his defensive duties have been relaxed slightly. That might be with the defenders that we brought in. But before, when, when he was going through a bit of a torrid time and we weren't particularly sold on him, he, he would get to the halfway line and then stop. And, 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 and now he's far more... The one-twos he does with um, Luongo, Baez, Bannon in midfield, and, and then you know running, running into space. And like you say, the, the, the crosses he puts in, you just you just think you think to yourself, well, you know, if we had, you know, all, all well and good with Pato and Pato and Camberry, the workhorses, but you know, we've, well, the way he's been playing, it's crying out for Gregory up there, isn't it, for to getting onto those sort of balls, which hopefully will come, hopefully in the next few weeks, and then oh, we can kick on. allegedly by Saturday, we right. shall see. Okay. Um, then just quickly on that, we're talking about injuries. Obviously, the Charlton game saw Gibson back inside, and also Big Dom was back on the bench like that's got to be a huge lift just to team morale hasn't it to get Iorfa back in in the squad yeah it just gives us more options I think we've been fairly settled with Palmer Story and uh and Hutchinson possibly a little bit more unsettled bringing Gibson in not that he had a bad game himself but we just seemed a bit bit anxious at times which I'm, I'm again I'm talking about last night I'm not talking about last night <laughs> So, all right, then with uh, so on I offer, does he get yeah. back in the side for you if he walks out of that treatment room tomorrow and he can he can do a full 80 minutes? Does he get back in? I think he's got to because it's Dominic I offer, but who was he coming for? Palmer, Palmer, and, and that's not that Palmer's been playing badly, Steve, uh, before you say anything, but um, I don't see who else he really comes in for because stories being. Solid throughout, never really put a foot wrong. Hutchinson, you won't really take take him out at the moment. Um, and then you, you've got the only other one is is Palmer. It's 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 good options to have. Keep it is it is Ben, and just let his recuperation come through. You know, yeah. so we've we've no re, no need to to rush him back, especially with Gibson being back now. And I think. Is I think Darren Moore's wanting to really to have Gibson in the side to have that left left footer on the the left side of, of the the back three because you don't really want three right footed um, centre halves. But I can only really see it being Palmer that you you drop out, and that's not really deserved. No, I think I, I agree with that. I think it would be Palmer, but for me. I would say it's Iorfa's position to win, not Palmer's position to lose. I think mm -hmm. at the moment, like Simon said, why change a winning machine? And obviously we saw with Windass earlier in the season where Moore just wouldn't rush him back at all. He was like desperate to be back. He was actually quite angry about it, but he said he's been so respectful to my injury. And I do think, you know, 
Iorthus had some tough ones in the past, hasn't he? So maybe let keeping me, let, him. Let, sorry, let me tell you, Iorthus was in no rush to get on last night. <laughs> was he not? You know, I'm, I'm sure people. Steve is in um, the know. Yeah, sat behind more. Um, forgive me, is it Steve Howard, the the fellow with the head headset? Um, they're rushing more, uh, I offer down. They're trying to get Kieran Brennan to get him on. They're trying to get him to do his sprints. Dom, Dom, get yourself warmed up. Dom, get your sprints in. He's down right down the corner flag, giving it the old. <laughs> <laughs> Not bothered at all. Um, Moore's turned around and said to Smith and the other fellas, I'm sure it's Steve Howard. He's turned around and gone, get him told. <laughs> they turned around to Moore and gone, we're telling him. Moore's gone. I'll fucking tell him. <laughs> really? I can't imagine more angry, but I'd like to. Oh, yeah, I can. He was a sense about it. Well, yeah, I know. I remember that. But I even remember when he was a player, he was always a nice guy in interviews and stuff. Yeah, I just yeah. can't. But, yeah. He, he wanted him He wanted him on that pitch, and, and I hope was in no rush to get on there, to be honest with you. Well, Gibson was struggling, wasn't he? So. Yeah, he, he, he... Was it the fourth goal or the fifth goal? They needed some gels. I think Gibson just cramped up last night, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, he's going to, isn't he? Yeah, Is and it? the referee was bang out of order, actually, on that point. Um, when Gibson did cramp up and he went down, he was on the pitch. Granted, yeah, he was three or four foot away from the edge of the pitch. Mm. Mm. But it's not up to the referee to tell him to get off the pitch. Like, that is something that... But the referee had also stopped play for Burton. Exactly. When, yeah. When it, wasn't, it wasn't a head injury or anything. It was... No. I mean, I actually was limp. It, it was the quickest turn from a limp into sprinting down the pitch I'd ever seen. Yeah. And the then their number... It. Was it their number four that was a massive shithouse? Just, like, grabbed hold of him and tried to push him off the pitch. No, assistant ref did nothing. Mm. I just thought, that's... I mean, at that point, it was just petty anyway because, yeah. you know, they were losing and obviously he gave it as good back to their fans as he walked past and there was stuff flying past him and he just applauded them, which I found <laughs> absolutely brilliant. So, on to Darren Moore. This week has seen one year of Darren Moore at Hillsborough and what a year it's been when you think about it. Like, you know, he's he's not been here like that long in terms of, you know, well, in terms of modern football, he's been here a bloody century, hasn't he? But if you think about it in terms of, you know, the grand scheme of things in the Wembley, so where we've been from Wembley and then dripping and um, snakes and ladders sort of thing, he's not been here that long in that sense of time. But a year is <laughs> pretty impressive under Mr Chancery at the moment. Um, it's finally all coming together, isn't it, Ben? This is this it? Is this you know we're three months in? Well, two months into 2022, and is it finally working? Yeah, and I think we've spoke a bit about what's been a big part of that, and I think it is the midfield three. I think keeping those three fit between now and the end of the season is crucial. That's what kept us going when um, we've we've lost Gregory, lost Windass, Mendes Lang, lost different players throughout the the, the back three, back five, and. Now we've got those three back. They they are good enough to to win us games between the three of them and get get others around and playing better. So I think that's where it's it's really clicked that we were waiting for for sort of six months from the start of the season until sort of a month or two ago. Um, yeah, he's he's turned it around again because I think around Christmas, around sort of start of January, losing to to Sunderland, Shrewsbury, letting Corbyn you go, it were all quite quite negative um i think that it, it was really on the on the knife edge really around that time time of the shrewsbury result i thought it could quite easily have gone after that um 
but but yeah, I think it's fair to say he's turned it around. Players that he's brought in that we didn't necessarily think were were good enough or aren't really shown much, such as Byers, Johnson, etc. Patterson started playing a little bit better. Um, got Luongo back, as I said, part of that midfield three. Um, yeah, it does feel like it's it's all clicked, which we all, I think we all felt it it was bound to do, but. It was um, taking just a little bit while longer than we all expected. I think that's interesting, isn't it, Stevie? Because me and you have always been very much not in the more out camp. We've we've had rant after rant after podcasts where people have been calling for his head, and we've always kind of just kept quiet and said, you know, it'll come good, it'll come good. And well, I mean, I don't know if we've worked it out right. Stevie's recalculating my estimations from this morning. But out of 33 points in 2022, he's got 24 of them. So eight wins, you know, that's that's very good going, especially given, you know, the injuries that we've had, the pitch situation, the, you know, there's been so many different things that have come up. Steve, that's, that's it, isn't it? Like, surely he's got to be given that time now because he's, he's definitely proved that it was worth the wait. Yeah, I, yeah. I we like you said we've talked about this before, and and I'm glad that I stuck to my guns and I didn't come out publicly and say, yeah, yeah. I'm finally in that sort of more out. The amount of times I wobbled. Yeah, I've been really close <laughs> around about Christmas, New Year sort of time. Um, but you know, if, if you if you strip it all back and look at it in the cold light of day, we've said it before on the podcast, and I talked about it at the back end of the season um, when we came down. You think about the, the the squad overhaul that we've gone through. You think about the the circumstances around the point deduction that he's inherited. Um, he's tried to he's, he's picked up a team that has gone through Monk. Um, he's gone through Pulis Ball. Uh, he's then picked it up when we're in the absolute doldrums. Um, one of the things that I like about Moore is that he's talking about a change in the culture, and that doesn't happen overnight. And I think. Um, Chan Siri, bless him, deserves a, a fair whack of credit for sticking to his guns in terms of supporting. I'm going to bring Simon in here because I just want to throw something controversial in and I think Simon's the person to do it. Simon, has it been helpful that there's been a worldwide pandemic and Mr Chan Siri hasn't, not, not that millions of people have died, has been like the benefit of Sheffield Wednesday, but I mean, the fact that Mr Chan Siri hasn't been in the country very much at all has he I think we've seen him at two or three games has that allowed more that bit more control like Steve was saying or do you think he's he's learned his lesson it could be twofold um but but Chan Siri's Jan Siri even though he, he has made some strange decisions off the pitch um he's always given managers probably like with Joss probably with Carlos as well he's always been faithful to his managers um, the only one he really bulleted quickly was Pulis, but Christ Almighty, you know, you'd have to be mad enough not to have done with that in that case. Um, and and appointing him was obviously a mistake. I think I, I was, and I'll put my hands up, I was one of the ones who said enough's enough with Darren Moore. Um, and I think there was more than enough uh, questions that were never answered in regards to uh, why he should have gone um due to his team selections due to his changes in tactics I, I would forget last year of last season because he took over a, a Sheffield Wednesday team that were broken and, uh, and Titanic wasn't it yeah yeah and 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 there was no manager on earth who could have turned that round um and in maybe a that way, guy at Derby County but I can't think of his name oh no no well he's not doing you know 
I think I think I think the financial side of that's going to break him. So um, it. <sighs> It, it did as a favor. I know Steve and I, we've discussed this a few times over the podcast. It did actually do us a favor going down because I think if we'd stayed up, some players would have stayed. And if you look at the sort of the where these players have gone and, and the sort of performances, I mean, if you hashtag Adam Reach on Twitter, <laughs> it is one, of the, funniest, one of the funniest reads ever. It's one of the funniest reads ever. And it's almost like West Brom fans have become Wednesday fans. So, for example, <laughs> Why does he point at everything? I don't know. So he did it for us. No. And one was one was we gave him we gave him um, the position here down to his showreel. Yeah, well, we can the showreel was all Wednesday. You know, Kadeem Harris went abroad, Fezzi, Fezzi oh, a Malaysian team, you know, earning a huge amount of money. Forestieri is now on like the Malaysian apprentice by the look yeah. of that intro video. <laughs> you know, so you look at these guys who have left over the years, and, and Jordan Rhodes is barely scoring goals. You know, wow. I think he scored one the other day, you know, and, and it, it, it's it's all you know proving that that side were broken and it was time for a change. Um, I still think that we've slightly underachieved this season, personally, and now we're hitting what we should, and, and that probably is down to the fact that. It was a completely new side and it was difficult to get his head around that side. And I think, and Steve's disagreeing with me, but I do think we did. If we'd hit the ground running like we are now, and hopefully this will carry on into next season, we'd be doing what Rotherham are doing. I, I, do, I do agree in the sense that before Christmas we underachieved. I don't really think that yeah. you, can, you can argue against that. We are we were playing and where we were in the table. I think the last two months we've... We, we we are achieving, and we could quite easily. And we're we're also achieve we're also achieving without our strikers. We're we're, yeah. achieve, we're achieving. I mean, if you look at last night, Pato scored, but is he a striker? You know, he, he doesn't know, Ber- want to be, does he? But yeah, it seems you know, to be working. <laughs> none of the strikers are scoring, but the great thing is the goals are coming from elsewhere. You know, it's like one of them things, like when you admit that you can do something, like at work, I wish I'd never told people I could edit videos. That's not my job. But the fact that I can do it means I end up doing it all the fucking time. I think that's what Patterson must feel like every time he's told what position he's playing. Because he even but, said it in an interview, didn't he? But what but <laughs> what he's done is he's weathered the storm. Moore's weathered the storm. He's made some controversial decisions. I mean, I was first to, to say, with Cor- Corbino going... You know, but he obviously saw in Mendes Lang uh, a far better replacement, and and he and he is, and he was up until his injury. He's dealt with the injuries we've had really well. You know, he, uh, un- unfortunately Harley Dean got injured pretty pretty quickly, but you know, you look at Jordan's That's story. Curse though, didn't he? It's meant. like you say you've never had a muscle injury, and it's like yeah. some little old witch appears at your door but, with an apple. But like, he wasn't. You just don't say he wasn't playing anyway, was he? So no. he, you throw him straight into a game. You know, this guy, this guy, these people are going to get injuries, you know. But we've there's some decisions sometimes that I think, what the flip? So last night, Hunt, I, I still can't get my head around where, what he was doing. Um, we've got a midfielder on the bench in Waldock, and he brings Brennan on, a, cent- a centre-back into midfield, which... We were just talking about, you know, Waldo. What, 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 why have a midfielder on the bench? Somebody who you say, yeah, you're going to be on the bench and then bring a sense back on into the middle. I didn't really understand that, especially when we were, what, 4-2 four, four up, 5-2 up. Give him a run in the side, you know. You obviously think he's good enough to get on the bench, so sure enough he's good enough to get in the side. So sometimes 
Sometimes there are question marks over his decision making, but the team are playing now. He's changed the way we're playing. He's changed the playing. We're a lot more. We're a lot more aggressive. We have shots on goal. As Steve said, we're not trying to do that tippy tappy. There was far too much of that last. Uh, but uh, when we do, it's nice. good tippy tappy. It's it long distance tippy tappy. There are but, some balls that are playing. And you think bloody hell. But when we're trying to play tippy tappy in the box, and you're playing a team mm. with eleven players behind the ball, <laughs> trying to score is is very difficult. And now we're you know, if you look at the amount of shots we're trying on target, look at the Rotherham game, the amount of shots, etc. You know, we, we lost that. But we, we've really upped the stats in that respect. So, <clears throat> look, hats off. I know I, I was one. I'd, I'd been to Cheltenham. I'd, I'd watched, you know, the, the stuff that we're turning out home and away. And I'd had enough of it because I felt we were underachieving. And it's proved now it's clicked the, what we can do. I know Steve shook his head low and we'll not, we're not, we'll never agree on it. We'll never agree on it. But at the end of the day, that's my thoughts. So there you go. Steve, do you think we've overachieved? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what uh, we're getting at here. What, what are we disagreeing with? <laughs> um, I think the, the, the point was made that we needed to start the season the way we're playing now. I think we did. And I think that was one of the issues that we had at the start of the season. Um, if we, we weren't we, playing this formation though were we in this no, sort I'm of talking, tactic because this I, has I'm been talking, I'm talking from a results point of view uh -huh. we, we, we've hit the ground running and we're top of the league sort of late August early September um, and again mentioned it last week little Ben we're going to win we're going to win every game we're not going to lose all season blah 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 if uh, we'd have played that, like this, we wouldn't have done. That, that, listen, that was the feeling, but the, we were never going to play like this because of all the reasons, and I'm not being a direct sort of opposer of what's been said, but I think we've got to take into account, I don't think we can say that we've underachieved because we've not, even now, we've not had our first choice squad out. We've not had our first choice team out. We've not had our first choice 11. Um, we, you know, we've gone, go back 10, 15 minutes or so, and we were talking about the fact that the midfield three are the reason that we're doing what we're doing but you know you go back you look at the, the, the players that we've signed okay the style of play might have been different but I don't think Shadipo has been given a chance and I'm not saying that I'm a proponent for anybody coming into the side oh, over the have gone in there um, <laughs> <clears throat> the start of the season when we were flying Adenaran was the greatest player we've ever signed um, at the minute I think it was Vic says he doesn't get in our side at the moment based on the three that are playing in the middle and you know, to be fair, on balance of play, probably right. There's an argument that if you look at the squad and the, the, the depth that we have in the squad and everybody's fit, it's great because we've got six centre-halves that you could drop any one of them out and put somebody in and go, at the minute, because they're all getting back to fitness, we could turn around and go, do you know what? He can come out, Palmer can come out and I offer could come in and everybody knows my feelings about Liam Palmer. I won't be mad about it because it's Dominic Iorfa that's coming in. Gibson, I thought, was very good first half last night. I thought Gibson's shown bits against Doncaster. He's done okay for somebody who's missed basically six months of the season and then just dropped straight back in. Fantastic. Okay, I don't think we've underachieved. And the reason that I don't think we've underachieved is that I think that, to a large extent, Darren Moore's operated with one hand tied behind his back because of the injuries that we've had. Well, I, I, I think now that we're coming out of that, that we're starting to see that things are settling a little bit, I don't think that that means that, I, you know, we, we've held on to the coattails as much as we have. And we've sat in seventh, eighth, ninth position with uh, Hutchinson out, Luongo out, Windass out, Gregory out, Iorfa missing, Dunkley missing, all these players that have played at various points throughout the season. There's an argument that between the four of us, we'd say those six players 
maybe not Dunkley, but those six players would walk into our collective first 11. That's half the side missing. So how can we sit here now, he said, being controversial and offering a balanced argument, how can we sit here now and say he's underachieved? I think he, when you think of it on balance of play, plus he's had his health issues, another bout of COVID, you know, we've had the state of the pitch that you can't legislate for with the weather. I don't know what's going on there. We've got everything else that's going on behind the scenes. And we've brought in 13 players at the start of the season. I think now that the season's settled down and we're getting to that point where we're looking at it and we can go back years and talk about the fact that we don't look at the league before Christmas. We've started looking at the league before Christmas. We've picked up 24 bloody points. So... I think let, let's draw a line there, guys. I think... We'll all, when it comes to the end of the season, Simon, if we end up in seventh place, Stevie will guarantee say that we've underachieved. So, well, <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> Steve was quoted at the start of the season if we don't go automatic with this team, then there's something wrong. Yeah, which to me is the no definition of underachievement. You did say that. <laughs> you did say that, Steve. <laughs> now, let's go on to some really, really positive news. Let's forget about those 24 <laughs> points in 2022. Topsy is getting surgery. They've raised the money, £10,000 to old Topsy the cat. So there's not been any update yet, but I'll find out and I will let you guys know as I know it keeps you up at night then. So let's move on to player of the month. Who have you voted for on Survey Monkey Link, Ben? Not actually voted. I forgot to vote, but uh, it would have to be... It, it could be a number of them, really, couldn't it? But for me, Marvin Johnson and the way he's playing, he's quickly becoming player of the year for me. Um, not just not this month. I mean, Bannon's. You, you look at the <clears throat> the the assists and goals that Bannon's got over the last eight games or whatever, and it's hard to argue against him. It's hard to argue against Luongo. The way he's been playing, same can be said for Byers. Same can be said for Story. There's there's a number of them now that that you could say deserve it but I think just basically on what we've what we've already covered he's one of the best crosses of a ball that I've actually Ross Wallace for me in terms of delivering to the we're playing him at centre half so that might be something to do with it. Simon? Uh, I haven't voted either. Um, I, I mine would be probably Luongo Byers or Neymar, as uh, Ethan's called him. Um, those those three players have really helped us kick on this month, and and any one of those three, I'd be happy with any one of those three winning. Steven? one uh, goal doesn't make a summer. Come on, think about this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd, I'd probably lean towards buyers because I think we're, we're starting to see, and this is no disrespect to the other two players that Simon's picked, because I'd agree with that. Um, we're starting to see him coming in. I think he was has been the most impactful player during the month of February because Luongo had settled in. Johnson mm. was starting to go on a run. So if you want to pick that player that you'd look at and go, Christ, he's done really well this month. You know, we 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 we've got to a point where we know that Luongo's a, a very important player over a sustained period. We know that Johnson's starting to do bits. I think the impact that he had over the, the you know the three four games that he's played in that that sort of month of February, uh, Baez deserves it. I think for me, it is. I mean, I've gone Barry Bannon to be honest, because like Ben said, those stats over the last month. I think 
we, we, we'll get on to him in a minute, but we've had a lot of discussions about him today and how he's finally doing what he should be doing. But I think for me, that's, we should still reward him for doing that. I think it's still, you know, he still deserves to be player of the month. Just because he's been as good as we expect doesn't mean that he shouldn't be. But one huge positive for me that I think hasn't happened for quite a long time, really, at Sheffield Wednesday, is that none of us mentioned the keeper there because we haven't really needed him. And that has been how many times have we relied on, you know, your Kieran Westwood's one player of the month or, and we've gone through stages where, you know, even Peacock Farrell was saving him with his, like, with his nose, with his little finger, with his left foot, all like through months on end. And actually we've not, we've not relied on him at all, have we? He's not really to make many saves throughout the month. Even he was the, fed the, up on Saturday against he, Charlton. Yeah. His decision-making still worries oh, me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong for me. I think there have been there's been some howlers recently, but I think it's it's testament to the setup that Moore's got now and the defense and, and even defensive midfield, really, that he's not been tested. And I think no, this will probably be one of the first times in a long time that we don't think about a keeper as, as the player of the month. Mm. So let's move on to last night. What a night that was. A seven goal El Clasico at S6. Uh, Barry Bannon, I just mentioned him then, obviously. Last night was one of his standout performances for me. I think we were back to the old Barry Bannon and we've been debating it all day. And, you know, we've all, Fudge came out with some rat bollocks earlier, but he's, he's had some <laughs> anaesthetic. <laughs> but I think, you know, we've all kind of said, this is what we were promised in the start, wasn't it? This is what we expected of Barry Bannon, especially when we went down and Simon said earlier, oh, it's my internet gone again then. No. It keeps coming up, my internet's unstable. Um, Simon said earlier when we were chatting about it that, you know, it's been six years to finally get him playing at this consistently good level. Um, but the goals are coming as well. And I think that, for me, that is a huge add-on to his game. Ben, I think, Simon, I think, Steve, I think, is think, anyone there? <laughs> I think... Um, okay. oh. Can you hear us, Vic? Yes, I'm back yeah, now. <laughs> you all just like I think, I think it, it's we've we've got this perfect storm, haven't we? We've got this perfect storm, and and the midfield are you know we we always come down to this, don't we? Who's the first team sheet? It's got to be those three in the middle of the park, hasn't it? You look at what I mean. Obviously, Bias didn't play last night, but you look at the passing. I thought Luongo was absolutely awesome yep. last night. He was just complete baller, just amazing last night. Is he? Can I say the? Can I say the word? And then Ben Ben will probably disagree because he'll think he's better. Is he the new Kieran Lee? I don't no. think he's quite box to box as Kieran Lee. I don't think he's box to box as Kieran Lee, to be honest. I think Byers, I think Byers does a bit more of that. Yeah, yeah, I think he is. But in yeah. terms of a steadfast midfielder who would always be your first name on the team sheet, a lot longer than Bannon are the two the two first ones you put on. And oh. if and and have and and touch wood, he's he's no longer made a biscuit. So because he seems to be he seems to put a lot of strong tough tackles in, and he just gets back up. Is it going to get back up? And originally, I think when Luongo came back, we all thought that. But what it's what it's creating is, and one of the massive issues that we all we've had with Bannon for seven, and the fact now he's getting in those positions where he can let off shots, 
And those those two goals and the one we mentioned with the scissor kick before we came on there, where he the keeper saved put it onto his. I mean, I wish that one had gone in because yeah. I think of all of them, that was probably one of the best ones. You know, scissor kick that he did. It just allows him more freedom. And now we're seeing the Bannon that that we richly deserve. You know, he was hyped as this. You know, the best. What was it? The best rated player in this league. Outside and, the Premier League, really, yeah, hasn't it? and 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 I think his wings were clipped really with who was playing around him, and 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 also I think sometimes his own personal demons that he has, where he tries to run everything, and sometimes is that down to he's got young kids, you know, he had players around him he wasn't used to. With Bayer, I mean, Bayer's my mate says he's a Rolls Royce of a player. So you've got him, and you've got you've got Luongo at the side of him, who's another Rolls Royce of a player. He's got trust in them, and he can just do what he wants. And and that came to a head last night, you know. Oh. And he was he was really really good, but he was really good out of a number of other players who who were good as well last night. I think for me, the, the cherry on the top for Barry Bannon is when he's starting to score goals. And there's been so many goals over the last few weeks that, you know, he, he said to himself last night he wants to get into double figures. And I think, I don't think that's unattainable at all, really. Um, I'm not going to go there yet. Ben, Marvin Johnson, again, last night. What a man. What a man. What a performance. Obviously, we've mentioned it a little bit already, but one goal, one assist out of five. Not bad, is it? No, again, another. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, the goal obviously catches it perfectly and he's <laughs> it, it, just caught it so well there were no stopping it. Um, yeah, just just, uh, just generally the, the deliveries that he's putting into the box. I mentioned it earlier, if Gregory were on on the end of some of them. I think we'd, we'd probably get a few more than five at this point. Um, yeah. The, uh, just saying what I've already said, really, he's quickly becoming um, a strong contender for, for player of the season. He's re- really looking <laughs> like what his main, main or secondary creativity alongside, alongside Bannon for me. Yeah, and I think, you know, you mentioned that you're not having your go yet because you're going to have a full 20 minutes in a second. <laughs> <laughs> I think that goal for me last night, you know, we talk about goals of the season and we talk about, you know, classic goals and whatever. And we tend to sometimes, we look back to like those Adam Reach goals or your Chris Brunt goals or your Tommy Spurs from the centre of the pitch. But that goal last night was a classically good goal, wasn't it? There was there was no stopping it. It wasn't fancy as such. It wasn't like there was no overhead kick. There was nothing else. It was just a solid goal. Yeah, I think there's. It, it's on from most corners as well. The the thing that we uh, we try to pull off against Rotherham, but for some reason we decided to <laughs> Jack Hunt. stick on there. Or... Do you know what though? How desperate is Jack Hunt to score a goal? I've never wanted a person yeah. to score a goal more in my life. He wants to take penalties now, doesn't he? Yeah, well, I could take him. He's he's not going to score one, honestly. He won't score one. But, yeah, there were a few times last night where it it were on to to just visit back to to Johnson on the the edge of the D. I'd bank on him putting it on target more than on. So, yeah, I I think that might be something that we we do before now in the, the end of the season. But, yeah, he's just being class. Right, so there were five goals last night. Let's forget about the other four. Go on. 
How did you rate him overall? It's about Pato's goal. Yeah, I thought it was a great goal by Patterson, didn't you? Do you know what? It just proud dad. It did. I was so proud. (laughs) Did he come over and go for you, that dad? Do you know what you were like? Do you know what the people like? Have you seen that video of uh, Harvey Elliott's dad celebrating? (laughs) (laughs) I was in the middle. My shirt was off like that. I I was in the middle of my sister and my best mate, and I didn't know which way to turn first, but they both got an absolute shake, and I think they're still rattling, to be honest with you. no, I just I'm I'm in all seriousness, I'm just really, really pleased that he's he's at his at his moment in the sun sort of thing because he's very much maligned. And I know I know I don't post off the off the, the podcast. But, um I do my own little bits and I know I get a, a little bit but it's it's really nice to see that so many people interact and sort of support the fact that I'm just madly in love with Liam Paul. <laughs> I just, it's, you know, we talk for a homegrown lad to be able to um, do what he's doing. And the fact that he, he he got into those positions last night, away from the fact it was Liam Palmer scoring the goal, you, the fact that our wing-backs are getting into those positions and we're going that way with both of them, I think that's the, the, the main factor, isn't it? You know, Johnson down one side, whipping the ball in, and the fact that we've got somebody on the other side that's going in. When you look at it, we've got the three lads at the back. We've got those five players that are really, sorry, those two wide players of the five that are really looking to get forward, which means that we've got a trust in that midfield three. And it does break. Um, it was Hunt last night, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, that are going to be there to to sort of allow us to offer that little bit of a buffer. Um, I was just dead chuffed. Um, it, it, it meant a lot to see somebody I'm, I'm such a massive proponent of. To go and score that goal. Is that his um, second this season as well, Steve? Yeah, he's absolutely yeah, prolific. He's, he, <laughs> he's, he's doubled his best ever seasons. T- it's the fact that he 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 does such a service for Wednesday because basically he's played left wing back, right wing back, centre back, and he never complains. Just gets on it and does a job. And, and you think to yourself, the poor lad, you know, you think to yourself, it'd be nice if he could just stay in one position, can make the position. But I suppose the, the manager's got so much faith in him that he can play him anywhere across the back. I'm surprised that he didn't play him more midfield last night instead of putting Hunt there, stay on the wing and Hunt being named. But no, great, well taken goal, brilliant, running in at the back post, you know, Pato's dummy to him. <clears throat> um, and <laughs> just brilliant. Great for the lad. Really great for the lad. Played, he's played three different positions over 90 minutes in the last two games. He played yeah, three he has. Yeah. He played three positions last night. He scored a goal. Um, he's, he's, he's in and around absolutely everything when he needs to be. He's, he's not the best player in the team. And I've always said this, he's not, you know, he's, he's, he's not up there with Johnson at the moment. He's never going to be a Luongo or a Bannon, but he is literally the heart and soul of the club for me. He's, he's, he's that person. Bannon, we talked about this as well, Bannon will come out and say that he's adopted the club and he's settled and it's his family and it's everything else. You don't get Liam Palmer's every day. 
you, know? you don't get people that have you know, you can look back and look at people at 10, 12 years old wearing a Sheffield Wednesday football shirt in the millennium in 2005, being so fortunate to be able to get into an academy. Mm. Um, and I know, Simon, you've got a lad who, who would give his right arm to be able to be in the position one day mm. that Ian Palmer is. We mm. all would. Um, Ethan, absolutely adores, Ethan absolutely adores Palmer because he's obviously, Palmer's a workshop lad. Ethan was born in workshop. He absolutely looks up to Palmer as that sort of... He's a great role model for your son to look up to. Yeah, and, and he's got his own academy now. And I know a lot, you know, there's a lot of people on Twitter who sort of, you know, di discount it, and which is rubbish because at the end of the day, Ethan has a lot, does a lot of uh, training with Miguel Liera. The, these ex-players these ex and players are putting stuff back into the community. And Ethan may never be good enough to play for an academy, but he's good enough, certainly, certainly to to play a, a decent level of football. To enjoy it, that's uh, all these but, things. And that's are what about. it's all about. And then when you're watching your hero, your heroes actually come to coach you, you know, Palmer's heavily involved with his academy. He's, he's forever putting on. He's there, and there's a lot of footballers out there who don't have to do that. And, yeah, I mean, there's the other side of the city. You know, we're very fortunate that we've got two players who live and breathe the football club as a city. Mm. who have set up their own academies because obviously there's the Billy Sharp Academy as well and he's doing a very similar thing and I think that for a younger generation in Sheffield um I don't know much about Billy Sharp to be honest um but with Palmer obviously he's also we're saying about a role model you know this is a guy who you never hear about him getting into a fight in town you know as far as we know he's married his childhood sweet sweetheart he's got like 10 kids he's built his own house he's done he's set up this academy He's still playing at Wednesday. For me, he's got to be the next testimonial player, hasn't he? Yeah. When uh, it comes to an end. Do, yeah. do people still have testimonials? But well, yeah, I mean, I Kevin Pressman will be fuming if he gets one. But, <laughs> <laughs> but don't let that happen again. But I think, for me, he's one of those players that I, I think a testimonial is, you know, he's probably but still he, got three or four years left in him yet. Don't get me wrong. He's kind He's the kind of player that will get a testimonial and then give it back to the community. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? He'll, he'll, he'll put it on, he'll give a, a, you know, do everything that he can. And I know that he's he's very much maligned on socials and I know that he's divisive and I know that people, even, even us guys today, have talked about the fact that we don't think he's been at his best. Um, for me personally, I don't think he's done a lot wrong. You know, we've talked about Marvin Johnson. Yeah, we, 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 we've raved about Marvin Johnson. Marvin Johnson nearly cost us a goal on Saturday, but nobody ever talks about that because he's, you know, he does what he does. Yeah. Liam Palmer is steady away. He's going to be, he's a seven out of 10 every week. And that's exactly what a side that's going to be pushing for promotion, going to be pushing for the playoffs, going to be getting to when we need. I'm not saying he's the best player in our club. I've never said that. I'm not saying he gets in our best 11, but I just think that the player, the, the, the guy's absolutely essential. He's the fabric of the club. He ble bleeds blue and white. We need him in and around as long as possible for me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Before we move on, uh, just a bit of an update. Obviously, there was a medical emergency last night on the North Stand. Um, I don't know if any of you saw it. Just an update. Um, I've spoken to a guy on Twitter who knows the lady in question. She had an epileptic fit and she's absolutely fine. She is epileptic, so she knew how to deal with it. So just to pass that on in case anyone's not aware and not worrying anymore. Um, Simon, before we move off, uh, I don't really want to talk about their goals because they're a bit pointless, really. They didn't really 
I mean, there were two scrappy goals. There's, you know, there's not a lot that can be learned or not learned from them. But I just want to talk about the Hutch and Hunt positioning because that blew my mind. Like, Ash texted at first saying, is Hunt in centre mid? And I went, yeah. And then you said it. And I was like, what's going on? And they did seem to switch, didn't they? And then eventually, I think more went, oh, I've, I've, I've I don't I've think the wrong actually, name. I don't think they actually switched until the second half. Yeah. Um, when Palmer had to go across to cover for Gibson and then Hutch went into the midfield and then got booked. Um, I, I, it didn't suit Hunt at all. Yeah. I mean, I really did feel in the first half that we were almost playing with, you know, 10 players at some point. I, he looked lost. He, he really did look lost. And he, he's another player, I think, you know, he, he, he looked a bit... He broke his hand, didn't he? And when he came back, I think that's when he went into his best set of form that we've had for him. And, and he's, he, I like Hunty. He's a great player. And, and if he far could, too start, good for this league. Far, far, far could start scoring goals, then my God, it'd be brilliant. But I just, you know, the number of chances. It looked a little bit like it hit his confidence a little bit last night, which I hope it hasn't. And he plays in his correct position on Saturday. Um, but yeah, it was really bizarre. And it, <laughs> it was just, just an odd one, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, I thought where we were we were lining up, it were going to be probably Hutchinson in the midfield. With yeah, Mac and Palmer playing centre back. Yeah, and then um, it really went game kicked off. I thought, what was he doing? Wait, where is he doing? And then they were think... to get confused. Palmer and Hunt seemed to get confused at some point, and then. There was a play, one of their players was running across the middle of the field and you're thinking, well, that's now Hunt's job to sort of track him and win the ball. And Hunt stood there looking at, and then there was a player running past Hunt towards Palmer and Hunt just stopped and went, there you go, Palms. And Palms like, I thought you got him. And it was, yeah, really blew my mind. But but I mean, he sorted it. I think it's one yeah. of those things that he's obviously he's in a better position now with injuries, et cetera, that he can just sort it and he can switch it back around. He's not having to play people in those positions. He mm. tried it, didn't work, switched it back. I would hope he wouldn't do it again, but yeah. you never know. He might look at another lineup. You know, he said he takes each game by each game, doesn't he? And, you know, you could have scored. It could be Barry Bannon could be out of the squad next week if that's what he thinks will match the next team. So you just can't predict it, can you? Mm. Okay, so let's move on before we go way over our time. We're going to Lincoln this weekend. Um, it said on the website when I was looking at injury updates. Um, you all right, Steve? Are you saying something? Or are you just having a leave? Uh, all right. You normally, that normally means you're about to say something. He did say on the website um, that it was too early to call Lee Gregory last night, um, but Saturday is still a possibility. I mean... That would just be huge, wouldn't it, Stevie? Yeah, it would. Um, for everything we've talked about in terms of the back nine, if you want to talk about it, and all the plaudits that Berahino and Patterson the last couple of games, going back to the Doncaster game, um, I think we're all in agreement that even though Sido's finally stepping up a little bit, we, we are missing that out-and-out out goal threat. And I know, um, I think that we, we, we'd also agree that Gregory's that player. Um, he has been a big miss, um, certainly when we've watched iterations of Canberra and Sowell Top and you, you, you're thinking, Christ, and you're looking at the, the calendar and so forth and thinking, when are we going to get somebody that, you know, puts himself about and has that control and can bring players into play like certain other players can't and is able to lead the line? Um, I'm not sure if he's going to be ready Saturday. Um, he's had an extended period off now. I hope that he is. 
I hope that he's he's up to involved in the squad. I think that I give everybody a boost. Mm. Um, I'd like to think that um, we, we've got certain players that are still out, outstanding in terms of injuries that are going to be in and around it over the next sort of, what have we got, 12 games left. Um, if we can get him back for sort of late March, early April, um, if he's not ready at the moment, um, for those absolutely essential games at the business end of the season, that'd be absolutely fine. But everything, fingers crossed, it'll be there on Saturday. I don't really think that we need to rush him, to be honest. I don't think it'd be end at world if we went with Patterson and Berahino up front. I no, don't. I agree. I agree. I I just, you know, if, we're, if we're looking for an out-and-out out goal threat, though, you know, we, we, we've, we've waxed lyrical all night about being able to put the ball in. I think we'd all agree that we want Gregory on the end of them. Yeah. Um, I know yeah. Patterson's, he, he, Patterson's in a bit of a, a rich uh, vein of form at the moment. Is it in three that very, you know, is putting himself about, but beneath that, there's. I think this it just to me personally feels like as as well as we're doing and as many shots as we're having and the the shots on target and so forth. There also still seems to be that we're, we're not wasteful, but I don't know what the word would be, but you know, we, we we're, we're missing something, aren't we? If you'd put Gregory into that side against Rotherham, more likely oh, yeah. we would have beaten Rotherham. Yeah. Mm. So, so in those situations where you've got a team, we made a lot of chances there and, and didn't put them away. Um, and they put their two chances away. The, the point you make is we're getting goals from elsewhere, which, which is we, we're only going to move into the next game and the next game. And isn't it that now we're, we're creating a side that aren't scared of shooting and aren't scared of attacking and having a go. Um, Time. And I, I like the fact that Berahino's running, having a run inside, and he can only get better, you know, as he has a run in the side, which is again down to somebody being injured. So I, I, I'm not, I'm with Ben. I won't rush him back. I mean, you look at where Lincoln are, and that's not detracting from them, but they're 18th in the league. You know, it, it, you know, they're they're a team that good chance against as long as we go in it professionally and, and treat it like every other game that we need to win. Um, so no, don't rush him. If he's on the bench, great. He's on the bench, great. But don't risk him if we don't have to risk him. We've got Milton Keynes coming up, haven't we? We've got Milton Keynes. I totally agree. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. I think if if we would Patterson down as well, I'd be starting to worry because I do yeah, think yeah. that we're down to the bare bones. And I think Patterson has been outstanding this last few games. And like he is a proper shit house. He will just get in the way. He will just cause problems. So let's go on to predictions then, and we will round up the show. I will also do an intro and thank you to Michael Constantine Wealth Management, because I've forgotten to do that at the start of the show, but I've done it again now and I'll do it at the end. Uh, Stevie, prediction for Saturday, Lincoln City away. Um, any, any, any win is a good win. Um, I would like to think we'll build on the last couple of games and, and, and probably scrape a 2-1, maybe 3-1. Win is a good win, Stevie Spence, mm -hmm. Aristotle. Ben? Uh, 2 0 to Wednesday. Simon? I would say 2 or 3 0 to Wednesday. Yeah, I think I'd go with that as well. Mm. We shall see, I guess. Will mm. Gregory be on the bench? Will he be in the squad? Will we even be here? Or, <laughs> like, who knows what's going on at the moment? To be honest, it's a bit miserable. I, I hope so. I've got my train booked <laughs> and my tickets. <laughs> Putin can leave it until the 22nd of March. Uh, well, I've just booked Wembley, so... Actually, leave it a bit later. Yeah, 
Yeah, let's get through May and then, you know, let's lift that trophy and then I'll just be our luck, wouldn't I've it? I've had enough. <laughs> yeah, a bit 20, 20th of May. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go if you don't laugh. Well, on that note, everybody, thank you again to Michael Constantine Wealth Management. This has been the Wednesday Week. I'll see you later. The Wednesday Week is sponsored by Michael Constantine Wealth Management. We bet you can't find a financial advisor closer to Hillsborough. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget share boxes coming down the left wing ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points. Back of the net. Lubosh. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.